does a fish get through the water? It can't do so very well without a fin, but it manages all of the same. It's October 17th, 2022, and as good a day as any to ponder the many ways people move through this life and to express a sincere hope that everyone has the opportunity to get to where they need to go to. You've arrived at the 444th installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, so let's dive in. I'm Sean Tubbs. On today's program, Democratic challenger Josh Thronberg outraises Republican incumbent Bob Good in the latest campaign finance numbers. Charlottesville announces funding opportunities for affordable housing initiatives. A member of the Fluvanna County School Board and Planning Commission has died. And a look back at a site plan conference for more details on a plan to build 245 units on the floodplain on the Rivanna River off of East High Street. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance would like to thank everyone who participated in the recent Rivanna River Roundup. In all, 243 people helped remove 173 tires, filled up 148 bags of trash, and attended to 27 miles of rivers and trails. To help cover the cost, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance is selling t-shirts. Want to get involved with ongoing cleanup efforts? On Saturday, October 22nd, the RCA will hold a stream buffer maintenance day at Crozet Elementary School to check in on how trees planted three years ago are holding up. Visit rivanna-river.org to learn more. Election Day is now 22 days away, and today is the final day to register to vote in Virginia. As of yesterday, 256,417 Virginians have cast a ballot in early voting, with 29,029 of those in the 5th District. The Virginia Public Access Project is tracking that number each day. The latest reports have been filed with the Federal Election Commission for activity between July 1st and September 30th. Democratic challenger Joshua Thronberg raised a total of $272,549.88 in the period. His campaign spent $242,124 of that and had $156,473 of cash on hand. Republican incumbent Bob Good raised $211,569 in the period and spent $216,321, leaving a balance of $316,670.66 of cash on hand. You can take a look at both reports in the newsletter. Cardinal News has a long profile of Good's time in Congress and his reputation as being one of the most extreme conservatives in the entire House of Representatives. Take a look at that to learn more. The two candidates will hold a debate on October 26th at Hampton Sydney College. Cardinal News will have a profile of Thronberg tomorrow. Charlottesville City Council adopted an affordable housing plan in March of 2021, and more than a year and a half later, one of the recommendations is being implemented. Here's one goal from page 13 of the plan. Charlottesville should build governance structures that institutionalize an equitable and efficient implementation of the affordable housing plan. 
One strategy to achieve that goal is to create a standardized funding process. Last Thursday, the city issued a Notice of Funding Availability that lays out several ways for organizations to apply for money for affordable housing initiatives. Here's a section from the announcement. City Preference identifies affordable housing initiatives as those that support long-term affordability for households earning up to 60% of the average median income. There is $414,970 available through the Community Development Block Grant Program and $112,173 through the Home Program. A request for proposals is currently open for that amount with an October 31st deadline. There is $575,000 available through the Housing Operations and Program Support in the City's Vibrant Communities Fund, and that request for proposals will go out on December 1st. There is $835,000 available through the Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund to be used to directly support affordable projects or initiatives. That request for proposals would go out on January 1st. The fourth category is for housing development project investments for Housing development projects requesting significant investment consideration by the city, including low-income housing tax credit projects. This one includes the least information with no preset amount of funds specified and with no date for when this funding would be available. The announcement states that this is intended to be gap funding for multifamily affordable housing projects. A recent example of the latter includes a $5.5 million forgivable loan to the Piedmont Housing Alliance for the first phase of redevelopment at Friendship Court. Low-income housing tax credits are authorized by the entity formerly known as the Virginia Housing Development Authority, and the next round of awards will be made next spring. The Office of Community Solutions will issue the request for proposals, and details about each are in the notice that went out on Thursday. A member of both the Fluvanna County School Board and Fluvanna Planning Commission has died. A Facebook group called Lake Monticello News has reported that Jaquetta G. Murray Key died Tuesday after a brief battle with leukemia. According to the Fluvanna Review, Murray Key was elected to represent the Rivanna District on the school board last November, with nearly 53% of the vote. She also served on the planning commission. She was also the associate superintendent of the Albemarle-Charlottesville Regional Jail and an adjunct professor of police science at Piedmont Virginia Community College. listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. And since the very beginning of this newsletter, one Patreon supporter who has been there since July of 2020 has used his shout out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. We're now in the autumn, and if you're already looking forward to the spring, this is the time to learn about what you need to attract pollinators who will help keep native species going. To learn more, visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. It is fairly common for planned developments in the community to become controversial. 
A plan to build 245 units in three apartment buildings in the floodplain along East High Street is attracting a lot of opposition, including a filing on October 4th with the Federal Emergency Management Agency challenging a recent flood map amendment. Charlottesville's Department of Neighborhood Development Services hosted a site plan review conference on October 5th to give members of the public the chance to have their say, even if the project is more or less allowed under the city's rules. Here is Gray Poole, a partner with the Selwyn Property Group of Charlotte, North Carolina. Our team is excited about the opportunity to create a high-quality multifamily residence at this strategic location in Charlottesville. The project is a by-right development, meaning the current zoning supports that level of density. Selwyn Property is partnering with Southeast Apartment Investors on this project. We are also pleased to be partnering uh, on our second project with Charlottesville-based Seven Development, which has developed numerous properties in Charlottesville and Albemarle County. The project is being shepherded through the review process by Shimp Engineering. Here is Justin Shimp. Essentially, there's a field that is behind Carolina Avenue um, between the River Lorivana Trail the site plan is to construct the buildings at this site on fill dirt that will elevate the foundation out of the floodplain with a 15-foot retaining wall. There'll be anywhere between 15 and 18 feet of fill place to elevate these buildings up above the floodplain elevation. The trail itself would remain and would be buffered by open space in the floodway. The proposed access points for vehicular traffic would be through the High Street and then over on Carolyn Avenue. On Carolyn Avenue will build a, a public right-of-way to our property. The Rivanna River Company would be allowed to stay where they are located. Shimp suggested the apartments could provide new customers. But the zoning has been in place for a long time for this particular type of use, and uh, we're developing now has come along to construct it. Shimp said this is a preliminary site plan, so details such as the final location of sidewalks and the exact stormwater infrastructure would be worked out through the final site plan process. Many people took advantage of the site plan review conference to ask questions. The first person got right to the point and mentioned a legal challenge being mounted by an opposition group known as the Freebridge Floodplain Advocacy Group. Here is Lise Stosel. In 2021, FEMA issued a letter of map revision based on a request by Shimp Engineering that moved the floodway away from the proposed site of this development and further onto the Albemarle County Bank of the Ravana. Neighbors have submitted a petition to FEMA for reconsideration of this change it would be inappropriate for the city to approve this site plan while it is under legal challenge. That petition was filed on October 4th and claims that Shimp did not disclose a financial interest in a property that would be affected by the map revision. Here's paragraph one of the petition. FEMA subsequently deflected the city's technical questions on the grounds that FEMA relied instead on the engineer's professional independent expertise. Stosel asked the direct question. How would this development be affected if FEMA was persuaded to grant the request? Shimp did not respond right away or even at the end of the meeting. 
After Stossel, group member and landscape architect Zoe Edgecombe said the development would make flooding worse on both sides of the river, as well as have other negative effects. Increases in water pollution due to the high amount of um, impervious area and asphalt, traffic congestion, decreased air quality due to the increase in traffic, increased chance of personal injury or death due to inadequate infrastructure, displacement of wildlife, loss of tree cover contributing to climate effects, and diminishment of public space. Edgecombe requested the Charlottesville Planning Commission look at the site plan and that the city explore all avenues to deny the project. She did not ask a question. More people asked similar questions and made similar observations expressing concerns. One positive voice in favor was Peter Krebs of the Piedmont Environmental Council, who said there was a lot to like about the proposal. Leaving aside the technical uh, questions, I think it's important to point out that this is actually a great place for housing. Now those technical considerations are super important. Krebs said people from this location could walk to a grocery store, schools, and transit. But he said the project could only reach its potential if connectivity between High Street and the Rivanna Trail is improved. He also had questions about the material that will be used to lift the buildings out of the floodway. What is the composition of this fill? Is it going to be clean fill? Is How does it contribute to the nutrient, um, uh, nutrients and... Uh, you know, just general health of that um, surrounding soilscape. A quick note here, I am, I have a quick disclaimer. The Piedmont Environmental Council is a sponsor, but I have no contact with any of them regarding any of this material. The owner of a nearby business expressed concern about how much more vehicular traffic would be on East High Street. She asked for a traffic study to be done. But nothing about this development would require one to be conducted. City Councilor Michael Payne was also on the call. City Councilor Michael Payne was also on the call. He noted that the Thomas Jefferson Planning District has been doing a series of plans for the Rivanna River Corridor for many years. You can take a look at those at a link in the newsletter. Have you looked at this plan at all? Have you looking to incorporate the goals um, of that plan into this development in any way? Payne urged Shimp to reach out to city council and staff. There are absolutely very real community concerns. We are not looking to just pull out any reasons out of thin air to deny any project that there is, but there are some very real um, concerns that I think need to be worked on. After Payne, several more dozen speakers also had their say. Shimp responded to some of the concerns and repeated that many of them regarding sidewalks and traffic would be worked out through the final site plan. So we certainly understand there's more traffic coming out of this um, development, but there are measures in place to help you know, control that, where entrances, how they have to be built, if they're limited right in, right out, sidewalk construction things are all sort of part of the city code already that will take us probably a year or more to work through. Chimp also said there would be net benefits to the city with this development by providing housing close in. But he also addressed the letter of map revision before the Federal Emergency Management Agency. He said any landowner has the right to ask for such a review based on more accurate data than that collected by FEMA during its general survey. I'll have much more on this buy-right development as it comes to be known. 
I'll also soon have the rest of the September 27, 2022 meeting between the Planning Commission and the City Council about a zoning rewrite that, when completed, might see a Charlottesville where almost all developments would be by right. You can review the site plan meeting on the city's website. You'll have to enter a passcode that's provided in the title of the video. And that's it for episode number 444. And what a good number that is. Now it's on to 888 and possibly even 1616. 16? But let's see how this week goes first. Please do take a look at the week ahead for this week and let me know what you would like to see covered. I'd love to get as many different perspectives as I can. And thanks to everyone who has subscribed and receives this email or the podcast. There are almost 1,650 of you, and about a quarter of you are paying. I am very appreciative of that because it helps me imagine doing this work for the rest of my life, continuing to document a changing community and the many different perspectives on what should happen. What do I think should happen? That is not the role of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But I would hope that you would help out with a paid subscription. If you pay through Substack at the $5 a month level or the $50 a year level or the $200 a year founding member level, Ting will match that amount. And if you sign up for Ting through a link in the newsletter, you'll get a free standard installation, your second month for free, and a $75 downtown mall gift card. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get those benefits. Music in the podcast either comes from the Fundamental Grang or the DC sensation currently known as Vrocky. Only one of those is on Bandcamp. You'll have to click through the link in the newsletter to see what's happening. This is now the ad-lib part where I say thank you for listening to the podcast. It is the superior way to consume Charlottesville community engagement, and your listening choices are gratefully received by me. Thank you so much. This is Sean Tubbs. I'll be back in the near future with episode number 445, and goodbye! Goodbye!